Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. St. John Henry Newman by Mariel Trevor and Leonie Caldicott. The Later Years Ordination and the Oratory. One of the worst trials of Newman's last year at Littlemore had been the mass of letters he had received as the result of a report in the papers that he had already gone over to Rome. Many berating and abusive, but others more painful, from anguished Tractarians who felt he was deserting them. But his actual conversion was followed by an exodus from the Church of England of professional men, clergy, lawyers, doctors, schoolmasters, and their families, which naturally enraged the public, the newspapers, Parliament, and Protestants of all parties. Newman himself was given a temporary home with his younger disciples at Old Oscott College outside Birmingham, which he rechristened Maryvale. He also took the name of Mary as his confirmation saint. But he was soon sent to Rome with Ambrose Sengen to study for the priesthood. There, at the College of the Propaganda Fide, he was ordained a Catholic priest and said his first Mass on the Feast of Corpus Christi, 1847. After much thought and prayer and discussion with his band of young ex-Oxford men, Newman decided to join the Congregation of the Oratory a religious institute which had grown up round the charismatic Philip Neri, a Florentine, who spent nearly all his long life in turbulent 16th-century Rome. St. Philip was a great original, an ecstatic contemplative who lived in the world, a shrewd, practical psychologist with a sense of humor, a lover of scripture and of music who scandalized conservative clerics by giving frequent communion to lay people, even to little married women. When his devoted disciples determined to form a community, he insisted that they should not take monastic vows, but each keep his own property, so as to be free to leave if he wished. The priests were to live together, following a rule of life. Forming in towns a center for lay people to gather and deepen their understanding of the faith in discussion and prayer. This seemed to Newman the community best suited to his university converts and also for the expanding industrial towns of England which he regarded as the future seats of political power. For this reason, he was content to be sent to Birmingham, where Nicholas Wiseman, the patron of the converts, was bishop of the Midland District, with his seat at Pugin's red-brick Gothic College of New Oscott. Chapter 1 
Newman had been authorized to adapt the 16th century rule of the Oratorians for 19th century England, and in February 1848 he formally set up the oratory at Maryville. The Oratorians wear a long waisted cassock and an open, not a Roman collar, which originally was simply the collar of the shirt. The first year was full of human problems, of forming into a community the very various individuals who wanted to stay with Newman. But at the beginning of 1849, he moved into Birmingham, where he had bought the lease of an old gin distillery in the back streets of Derryton, converting the big room once filled with vats into a chapel. Here, almost at once, rather to Newman's surprise, poor factory children came crowding in every evening, like herrings in season, as he said. They worked so late in the presswork factories that he could not start a school for them. But he formed a choir, for girls as well, and the young fathers instructed them in the faith. For the next few years Newman was living here, working extremely hard and so short of money that he could not afford a new pair of shoes. At one time, he played the organ in the chapel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why did Newman become an oratorian? Well, part of the reason, as the writers of this little biography say, is because he realized it would be a life very fitting for this band of brothers who had become Catholic, these former Oxford men. For Newman said that the Oratorian community, the Oratorian house, was like an Oxford college. He said, make the college Catholic, take away the headmaster's wife, Give them an apostolic work, and you have an Oratorian community. He said that Oratorians were secular priests, like a diocesan priest, living in community, praying, but with time for letters. In other words, Newman understood that St. Philip had gathered around him men of great learning, men who knew the history of the church. They knew about theology. They knew about philosophy. They knew about all kinds of things. And Newman realized that in this community that St. Philip had founded, he found a solution for what he thought was the problem of what would all these Anglican converts to Catholicism do as Catholics? What kind of priests would they be? And Newman said, we'll be oratorians. Of course, St. Philip had been the first thing that Cardinal Wiseman, who was bishop then, 
had suggested to Newman, you should be in oratorium. But Newman forgot about that, and he went and investigated many, many other congregations, Jesuits, Dominicans, Vincentians, secular priests, Benedictines, Passionists. And Newman said later when he was in Rome, ah, oh, I almost forgot about St. Philip. And then he went to the Chiesa Nuova, the, quote, new church that St. Philip had built. 300 years later, it's still being called the new church. And he went to the tomb of St. Philip, and there was some kind of heart-to-heart -heart meeting. And Newman met some oratorians, especially Father Tyner, and he began to read the rule of the oratorians. He read the excellences. He read the life of St. Philip. And he began a nine-day novena, walking barefoot every day to St. Peter's, asking for light. And at the end, it became very clear that this was the path forward. But it was not just a meeting of a problem with a solution. Oxford men having a life that would fit them, transplanted into England. Remember, Newman was incredibly pastorally oriented and very creative like St. Philip, but he also had a deep love for the Holy Spirit. And he found in St. Philip a patron, someone who inspired him, someone he wanted to be like. And so we pray tonight that God will show us our own saints who can inspire us. We all need inspiration. We all need motivation. We all need people who we look up to people who can help us find the way forward. Newman found that in St. Philip. And we pray tonight the Lord will bring into our life inspirational figures, both living and deceased, so that we might all together give glory to God the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. And with Jesus Christ, be happy forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.